Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a 20-minute high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. Cool. Hello, and welcome to Collisions Current and Critical. This is our first online episode. We usually record in person, so we're doing a Zoom podcast today. And I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here looking at on my screen with Guillermo Salazar. Guillermo, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing, Tyler? I am, I am really good. We'll be doing a little pre-chat, but I want to, it's time to let the audience in on our conversation. So before we get too far into it, let's, uh, who, are, who are you? Who do you work with? What are we going to talk about today? Sure. Uh, Guillermo Salazar. So raised Calgarian, um, been through and kind of ticked all the boxes, high school here, university here, started my career here, um, started a company here that sold to a big four company. And so spent some time doing that. And then uh, from there, exited and started um, started a couple other companies. Um, you know, classic Calgarian, kids are in hockey, soccer, that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and um, CEO and found co-founder of a company called I See What You See. And, okay. uh, and what we do is we enable amazingly remote, amazingly simple remote collaboration or remote work for customer service or field service teams. Interesting. And I think right now, as we're, as we're talking in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis that we're all in, all working from home, but we're desk workers. We're, I'm sitting here with all my hardware and my gear in front of me. So it's relatively, I was quote unquote, easy for me to connect with you. But you guys focus very specifically on that individual that's out and about. They're, they're driving to their job site. That's right. I mean, it's not from a knowledge worker perspective or desk worker perspective, there's tons of solutions out there and they're all, they're all incredible. Um, what we looked at is there's a gap in the customer service and field service space where there's folks, the folks are out in trucks. And so our service folks focused directly around, and, you know, again, to overuse a term, we talk about service transformation for field service and customer service. Yep. And it was our experience and our opinion that that needed to change. Uh, and, you know, just from a couple internal experiences that we had personally, we're just like, okay, we can fix this. And so that was kind of our, our mission or raison d'etre you know, 22 years ago when we started this company. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly finding its, its footing during this crisis. Interesting. So from your perspective, there was pre, and we're going to talk about pre-COVID-19, which is literally at this point a week, a week, a week and a half ago, uh, in terms it really has hit our reality in terms of North America. You guys started this thing about two years ago. Was the concept, was it embraced? Were people open to it? Was there a bit of resistance? Because I'm imagining that's changed significantly. But I'm always just curious the evolution of people's adoption because digital transformation is it's a great buzz term and it's trendy, but it also is scary and oftentimes gets pushed gets pushed down the road. 100%. Like we were, you know, you consider as a low uh, low priority item and um, I would say, sorry, uh, uh, a priority item that people want to have on their year-end review, but they don't actually want, they want to be a part of it, but not leading it, right? It's interesting. It's, you take a lot of risk when you do that. Um, so I would say that our initial buying levers would have been reduction of cost, uh, reduction of, or go to market would have been reduction of cost, improved customer experience within the two initial buying levers. And then as we kind of went through the market and, and pitched for a year, it became clear that more important terms or buying levers were safety for technicians and, um, emissions, right? Because reducing the scope one emissions was, became a very important um, outcome for the work that we did because our goal is to stop trips from happening and then uh, and then cost and then and that was kind of all before like if I showed you a picture deck from a, a month ago it was all about cost time and safety and, okay. and now it's business continuity 
which ultimately now moves you into the revenue side of the equation, like slowly right. pushing, because if you're out of business, you have no revenue, this becomes a key tool. And you, we're, we're going to talk specifically about your industry and the, what you have perspective on, but this is impacting all of us as business owners right now. Yeah. And we look at, um, like we abandoned pursuits around customers or prospects that it was a revenue orientation because there's just way too much of a leap to, to changing their business. So if you are a company out there that, that makes money delivering services, um, it was a flat out rejection of what we had to bring to market because the answer was, no, no, I don't think you understand. Trips is how we make money. And we're, you're, you're suggesting of eliminating trips. And so, okay, we learned that real quick, that that wasn't a good positioning. And then we retargeted towards anyone that had or trips were a cost center. So utilities and, and just made, big companies where trucks are rolling and they have to pay for those trips. And so now that with, with the kind of, I'll call it an interruption of business or the, the way that we used to do things has now changed. Um, we're really grooming conversations around um, the, the business transformation around using visual ser- vir- uh, virtual services. So how can you deliver um, sales of physical goods or high touch items? And I'll explain a story in a second. How okay. can you deliver high touch items via visual? So, Imagine this, right? So we've all bought commodity items. You know, if you look at the history of e-commerce, we bought books first, which is pretty hard to differentiate between one in the store and one in a uh, one online delivered to your house. And then we kind of moved our way into soft goods, and we moved our way into groceries and kind of more differentiated items, right? And then we kind of moved into services with Upwork and the gig economy emerged. So we're beginning to kind of consume more and more complexity, right? Well, we've got a discussion today on helping people buy a home virtually. So we've gone from something totally nascent like the book, right, which is pretty differentiated to the single biggest purchase in your life, doing that over virtual services. What do you say? Like, like, doesn't that just blow your mind? Like, it, I know. I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm processing it. I was almost, I was almost speechless because it, you're right. Take the biggest, most complex, oftentimes the most intimidating, the highest high touch. How many times do you visit the show home? How many times mm-hmm. do you sit with the sales agent? You know, those types yeah. of situations. How do you turn that into? And, you know, I guess there's... It, how far up the chain? Because you think younger, there's always a tendency that they're more open to that. But with mm-hmm. this situation, it doesn't matter what age group you're in. All of a sudden, you're dealing with the same set of barriers to not be able to go to that show home. So I, right. I like that. I like that line because I think it's something we can all relate to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you can't. So we're we're trying to think through scenarios with this particular builder. This is a continental builder that build all across North America, mm-hmm. and um, they're going to change the way. So. Uh, we we had a pre-discussion on decentralization and, and centralization of hierarchies. So before they had city-based sales teams, right? So you've got your Calgary team and they serve each other yeah. and maybe even they're set up by quadrants. And, and you had sales hours to go to a show home to buy a house, right? So now the discussion is, well, let's completely decentralize the, the sales experience, make it a 24-7 offer. So a customer can walk into a house in California at midnight if they want to and be served by a sales agent that's working out of New York, right? And so you have this, it turns the whole model on its head when you consider that people are willing, will be willing to do something at, on off hours because they can have a private virtual experience instead yeah. of a, uh, a high touch, you know, let's call it mass customized experience. So it's just, it's like, we're not, we don't have this figured out yet by any means, but that's the conversation that we're having this week. 
And how much is this current business interruption, this world that we're living in, has that just accelerated? You know, sounds like you guys have been flat out for the past kind of 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, uh, it's given us an opportunity to serve people that, um, that need some help. And so we're extremely privileged to be in a position where we've got a tool that can help people out. And, uh, and we've been, we're practiced at the pitch because we've been getting no's for a whole year. <laughs> and so that nothing, nothing holds your skills like rejection, right? hundred <laughs> percent. And so we've gotten some, we've had a, a lot of really good and strong partners along the way, but you know, the numbers are as far as no's are not now's. And we've gotten a lot of that over the year. And so we've gotten better and, and they've all been incredible lessons. Like every single no has been a gift for us because people have been fairly forthright about why they're saying no or why it wasn't urgent. And that made us better. And so That's our great. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the no without any substance is hard to learn from. You give me no and you give me a why, I'll go back and retool and I'll park that as a later. It's yeah, it, you, you always learn more from the rejections. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and we're, we've been trying to push people for a no versus the, you know, I call it the Canadian no, which is a maybe. <laughs> Which you can't really learn from. And then you're walking around with a bunch of babies in your funnel and you're like, ah, I don't know. And then eventually they just fall out the side without learning anything or for them either. So from your yeah. perspective, different industries that are going to take to this faster, different, like, again, I'm sure there's a hierarchy of like, you picked home building, which is such a huge co complex purchase. To me, if they can do it, anybody can find a way. But what do you see as terms of the businesses well, that are going to be able to lean on this quicker? Uh, you know, we really believe, because we look at it as a function of unbundling the services that you deliver. And so... If you, you know, take an example as a decorator, like a decorator, um, this is just, it's a, it's, a, it's a current story, so it's kind of top of mind. A decorator previously would have been a high touch service where you either go into the decorator's store and you look at things or they would come to your house and look at things. And in both of those, uh, those kind of events, you're, you're kind of consuming resources to do that. You're either, the customers are driving to the store, the store has got to be operated, and or the consultant is coming to your house. In both of those cases, that's a high touch event. That's a, a personal event and you make a personal buying decision. Now that that's not a, an option anymore. And so they recognize that if they don't keep their business flowing, then they're going to have to either restart it or, or, or not have a business. I mean, it, right. and that's, and I don't be dramatic about it. I'm just, no, uh, but the alternative, it's a real conversation right now to not bring it up. You know, there, you don't want to be negative, but it's not, it's not sunshine and roses right now. There's some very yeah. stark realities out there. Well, and I think that, and this is with respect to your transformation podcast, like Calgary is Calgary loves kicking the can down the road, waiting for something external for us to change so that things are good yes. again. Someone, someone, something from the outside to come in and say, quote unquote, save us. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we love waiting for the barrel of oil to write, to raise, or we love waiting for someone else to, to approve a pipeline. We love that. And, and we, we, we capital, we exploit that and capitalize on that. And that's a lot of what we've done well. Um, and, and not overreacting to external circumstances because it's a commodity cycle. It happens every seven years, so on and so forth. Um, I, I don't think that's an option this time. This is, this is a fundamental disruption. And, and I'll, I'll be curious to see how our buying behaviors shift for a lot of these high-touch services uh, in 100 days. Like, we're going to need a service. We're going to, you know, as, as a population, we will be consuming services yes. over the next hundred days and how we do it is going to be fundamentally different. And so well, we hope that there's a world where people start exporting their knowledge than rather than exporting their presence. 
Yes, because if you think about that designer that using that example, like as a, as the consumer of that, I'm now paying for your car, your driving time, I'm paying for your overhead, your store. <laughs> Technically, they're all things that just are surrounding you to get what I actually want, which is your thinking. That's right. And your, and your, and your experience. So, you know, as they, you know, always, oh, geez, if you hire, even our world in marketing, oh, you hire that big agency, you've got to cover all their overheads. That's very real, but does it create the most value for the customer at the end of the day? It doesn't right. actually. It, right. it, they pay for, you know, 20, 30, 40% of that cost is to give you the walls, which in the future, what do those walls look like? It's going to change. It's an interesting perspective for all businesses to take. Yeah. So I think, I mean, so, you know, and this goes back to our pitching experience. So when we were initially pitching service transformation, there was a lot of like, well, that's not possible because I've got to go there to do this. Yes. Right. And they're right. Like you cannot replace um, the, the requirement to, to turn that wrench as an, as an example. But what we found is that there's actually someone who's very capable at turning that wrench on site almost always, but they don't know which way to turn it. It's the, it's, it's the direction. Yeah. The direction. And so that's, that's what we're, what we're beginning to talk to people is that there's plenty of capable people in their homes, uh, in their businesses that are able to do this work without the expert being flown out there. And so we're looking to reduce all of that overhead that relates to delivering what you really want. Um, in, 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 you know, and, and, and streamline the time, the costs and all, uh, so that we can get what we need. And is this almost a perfect storm? Because, you know, two, three years ago, was the technology at the level that you would have needed to do this? Or are things, are the stars, quote unquote, aligning as well that way? I mean, uh, well, not a chance. Like, and we'll go, we'll go as far as like, our service is delivered in the cloud and consumed via mobile, right? right. And so those two techno, and, and then in addition to that, it's, it's a better experience with the quality of the image that's being passed between the tech, the expert and the generalist or the expert yes. and the customer. Right. So when we look at camera technology right now and, co- you know, to, to drop a term computational photography, right. The ability to render that image is, is, is well past um, our ability to even conceptualize what we can do with it. And oh, a great example is we're really custom, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure everyone knows somebody who's got a gesture device or a face ID um, type concept on their devices, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's an interesting thing to look at, given that that's an introduction of infrared technology and depth cameras, right? So yes. face ID is a depth camera that measures the dimensions of your face, and I always find it super interesting that it, it can it can recognize me with a hat on and sunglasses, and also without those two things on with yes, just the shape of my face, right? And, but when we get into depth cameras on the back of the, of a, of a camera, of a phone, now we'll be able to measure distances um, just using our phone. And so that kind of third or fourth dimension, like when you consider you've got um, color, you've got visual, you've got auditory, um, you've got time and space. And then now we're going to add depth to that. It's going to be a tremendous amount or, and geo, right? And it's going to be a tremendous amount of data that comes out of a single image. And so all of that, like we, all of that enables something like what we have to serve. And then you back that up with um, what our, our architecture is all cloud-based. And so right now, um, if we were a, a startup four years ago, so we've, we've probably onboarded a thousand users in the last 10 days, right? And of those users that are using the system intently, if this was three years ago, we would have been down. It, it, the whole model would have broken, right? Right, and so the, we're the, built, the, it, the infrastructure wouldn't have been able to support it. That's right, and we're built we're built on uh, on AWS. So we've got infinite scalability, and I'm talking AWS every single day. 
Okay. And, and they're, they're a massive supporter of what we're trying to do. And they're, they're an incredible and partner uh, for what we're doing. And, and, you know, the, the, they're, I mean, if you talk to AWS, Azure, Google Cloud Platform, and a dinnertime conversation, they're pretty indifferent. Um, and, but when you get into the nuts and bolts of the architecture and just the, the kind of go to market, like AWS has been a massive supporter of startups and, and the work that we're doing. And they have been like unflappable about supporting us, supporting our customers so that people can be comfortable uh, and deliver their businesses in this time of ultimate disruption. Oh, I, Hey, I'm all about giving plugs where plugs are, are due. And if someone's really leaning into being supportive right now, that's great to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these thousand customers that you brought on, can you give me like, what types of businesses, like who, who's users. in that mix? Users. Users. Okay. Users. <laughs> customers would be a different story. Uh, okay, good. Thank you. I'm glad I clarified. Good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You did, you did say users. You were clear. Yeah. I did. So yeah. yeah, just trying to get an understanding to like, cause I'm sitting here, I'm listening to this podcast with my own business. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds interesting what you're doing, but yeah. it's just trying to make it as relatable as I can, as we all as business owners, uh, knowledge workers, which we all are knowledge workers in one way or another today. Mm-hmm. How are we thinking through this opportunity right now? Um, like, so the, it's, and it's kind of degrees of maturity around understanding. So our, our first go to market is often an internal use case or, or just a proof of concept around okay. customer service or maybe will this will work. But now we're in a situation where we've got mature uh, video, like remote work service people. And so they, they understand the order of how things are, are executed. And so it's a bit of, of a discovery with every single customer we've got. And, okay. and I'm not answering your question directly because every single customer has a unique story and how they deliver service. But you get very, so you get very involved from a consultative perspective on the, cause it's all about workflow, right? And where your technology yeah. is going to dovetail in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like when we started the business, we thought everyone would understand it right away and sign up automatically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the classic entrepreneur trap. Well, I, yeah. I get it. So everyone else is going to get it. hundred <laughs> percent. And so we made a commitment to ourselves at the kickoff of this year to do a hundred percent assisted conversion for 2020 and then really target 15% unassisted conversion in 2021. Okay. And that's helped us, you know, and now we've formalized our sales process where we actually have documented use cases for every single customer. And, and granted this week, we've got some catching up to do. Yeah, I understand. It's been, it's been kind of just put out the fires, but, um, but we, we're, we're taking the point of learning every single customer's um, scenario so that we can build a better product. Cause we're, we have learned so much from our customers in the last year and um, because we kind of bring a medium and they tell us how they're going to use it. And then we, we kind of adjust accordingly. Well, I'm imagining these amazing scenarios where all of a sudden you get asked a customer and then the light bulb simultaneously goes off. A customer asks you a question about, can it do this? And you're like, I, you know what? Well, yeah, well, let's figure that out. I'm assuming it's a constant learning curve for you guys. Yeah, it's been thrilling. It's been absolutely yeah. thrilling. Because yeah, it's like, it. <laughs> we, we just, I mean... Uh, you know, similar to you and, and, and all of your listeners, like I'm, I'm perpetually curious and often distracted and <laughs> disgustingly <laughs> and, curious has its traps, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been great to be able to channel that into focusing on serving our customers and helping understand what they do. And that's helped us form kind of our response to everybody's situation right now, which I hope we get a chance to talk about um, as far as our offer to, to companies that are struggling Absolutely, we will. To do next. So it's such a good lesson. I'm just, I'm observing from the outside, prophesizing a little bit, like being okay to not have all the answers in this time or just like, just forget about the 
challenges. Just talk about digital transformation, not having it to be perfect, being very open to collaborate with your customers. There's a lesson that I think listeners can take away. Like it's not the old days. You don't have to perfect your product. Your customer is going to have going to know more about what you should do than you are. And mm-hmm. I hear that from tons and tons of guests, but I still see companies that stay locked away in their little bubble until they get it quote unquote perfect. And well, guess what? Perfect never comes. I don't, that's sorry. That was a, that wasn't really a question as much. It was just a statement, but I'm running into it all the time. And what I'm hearing from you is no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> No, and that's, and that's, I mean, the, obviously if it's a fail fast, it's kind of a euphemism that everyone talks about, but it's, yes. I think that you've got to figure out a what, uh, maybe and this is the, the risk piece is you got to figure out what you can fail at and what you got to get right. Uh, yes. Versus just the blade, the fail fast, I think gets thrown around a little bit loosely sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't crash, but you maybe don't have to build the Mona Lisa the first time you start painting something. And right. so trying to figure that out. And again, this is why we, we throw out um, kudos to AWS is that we have not crashed. And so you hear stories of like, you know, startups that, that have a, all of a sudden a hockey an inflection and they all crash, like Facebook crashed, Instagram yeah. crashed. I'm not suggesting we're like them, but those are the stories you hear. Right. And, uh, and we're, we're really fortunate that we've got an infrastructure partner that's not letting us crash. And, uh, and that gives you the confidence to go out there and sell to people and commit to people. Yeah. You can, you can trust us to be there when you need us. And, and our challenge isn't technology. It's, it's, it's people change. It's process change. Isn't that and amazing so, time to be alive when technology isn't the limiting factor anymore? <laughs> 100%. Like, I mean, in, in, in the technical tech, technology career, I have been stressed about technology my whole life. But we've got, you know, we're so lucky to have an incredible infrastructure partner really good coders and developers that have overthought this. Now I wouldn't say overthought, but have built something for scale on a scalable platform Yes, that allows us to go to market and say, yeah, we can bring on 200 people and like, and, and not be crapping our pants wondering <laughs> if they actually all sign on. Right. Yeah. What, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, like you constantly feel like you're building a bomb. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So when it's, when it comes down to change management, any thoughts or advice or like, I'm, it's like you're doing change management work all the time. It sounds like, because the technology is there, you're good. So now you're just dealing with the human part. How do you guys approach that? And we've, it's, like we've, especially it's, under it's, high stress, which, which yeah. adds to this whole scenario. It's been a hundred percent lesson learned out of the back of the year. Cause we were, we started with a product and we went to market with a product and, and we didn't understand why everyone didn't love it. And so we built even, we built one of our original design systems is like, let's just build this like Slack and everyone can sign up and you know, we'll be off. Awesome. And then no one signed up. Right. And so we're like, okay, well, how are we going to fix that? And, uh, and it was because we had to learn from our customers. And so we built in processes to, to make sure we identify this, the business champion, identify the business pain and document that. And then after we've done a trial period, actually playing back to the champion, what, 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 what difference, the difference that ICOTC made. And so some of the small nuances of establishing the metrics that you're going to measure and then making sure you hit those and then making them easy to consume. So it's like, you know, we saved, we saved 400 trips in January, we, which translates to, um, you know, 4,000 kilometers, which translates to, you know, uh, $15,000 in, in saved trips, which translates to, to two tons of carbon, which translates to this many, hours of, uh, of zero exposure time on the road and making it re- relevant to the customer in terms of their metrics. You're right. Because yeah, you, all the metrics in the world, <laughs> if, if I can't relate or they don't matter to me, it's just numbers. 
So I'm assuming also not to go too far down this route, just now, now my curiosity is really kicking into overdrive. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you must be collecting a significant amount of data also for your customers around their workflow, around their processes, how to create more efficiencies. So it must be a constant back and forth because now they'll have optics on layers of things that they probably before were a little bit more in the ether, maybe perhaps, or more qualitative well, versus quantitative. Yeah. And that's, that's some one of the interesting things is that now they've got a perspective on, um, like what people are doing and it's, and it's a training opportunity. It's a, um, uh, a training opportunity. It's a um, learning opportunity for all these people and, and they're able to create a more safer environment for all their teams. So it's, 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 it's really something that people are able to, uh, to, to latch on. And, and we're just really beginning to learn what right. that means. Cause we're, we're still, like we had a concept and said, well, this would be great if you could learn this this way, like learn by video instead of documents, mm-hmm. uh, observe by hearing and seeing instead of what was written down in the form. And, and that's something that we didn't, we kind of intuitively thought that we better because all the evidence is out there that people want to prefer video over, yes. over messaging, over uh, forms. Uh, but we didn't know if it would actually work. And so that's a bit of the, well, my gut tells me this, let's go test it. Let's go see if people, you know, if it actually works. And then you talk to them and they say, no, no, we're not actually doing that. And you go, okay, well, then maybe we should not invest in that particular feature. And then review with your customers a year later. And they're like, well, you know what? We didn't think we'd use that. Now that's actually the most important feature of your product. Now we can't live without it. <laughs> now we can't live without it. So it's, it's a discovery. I can only imagine. I think that's the biggest piece of advice to, or one of the pieces of advice to take away from this. Like as we go through this transformation, it's okay not to have the answers, but you need to be listening all the yeah. time because, and you're right. And what somebody's not prepared to do one week into this thing is going to change 90, you know, use the hundred day example, 80, hundred days from now, I don't even know how I'm going to look at the world. Like it's going to be different, but I don't like, it's hard sometimes to imagine what you've never even seen before. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think that anybody can sit there and, and make a uh, prognostication of what, things are going to look like. Um, I just, one thing I know for sure is it's going to be different. Yes, it absolutely is. And in that is a lot of fear, but a lot of excitement. I don't know. I'm going to choose to take the excitement side of the coin on this one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am perpetually opportunistic and optimistic, which <laughs> you, but it's, it's, just, <laughs> it, it's I'll, I'll, I'm going to unpack that later, but yes, I got yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, it is, you know, kind of an act now thing. I, I don't think that, um, I don't think standing still is a choice. Well, no, I, I don't believe I, I don't believe you're ever standing still because if you're standing still, everyone around you is moving forward. So all of a sudden you're going backwards just by default. That's my theory around that one. Yeah. If, you're consci- at least, if, you're consciously, if you're constantly moving backwards, at least it's a choice. If you're just standing there thinking you're not losing ground, ugh, it's moving around you. So, hey, let's, I know we're short on time. So you had an offer. You reached out to me. You said you wanted to share something with the audience, which I always value, especially now we're all looking for different ways to think about our world. What, uh, please fire in. Appreciate that. So what, one thing that we're doing is we are offering to any, any, any business out there that, that wants to discover how visual work, our remote work can, can change their business, uh, a, a free onboarding to IC, which you see will enable you in understanding how your business can change. We'll enable your change management pieces so you can look at how your business works. We'll think with you on how you can begin to keep your business going. Um, go to either email us to info at icwc.com. Okay. And that's, that's the letter I, the letter C, what, the letter U, the letter C.com. Or Thank you. I was, about, I was about to do that because once you hear it, you're like, oh, I get it. But there's a moment where I'm like, how should I read this? It kind of threw me <laughs> off for a second. <laughs> for sure. And, uh, or go to a website and bounce around on there and fill out a form. 
and we will come help you. And our commitment is to really help businesses absorb this change and explore a new way of doing your business in the interim, which I don't think you've got to, we, we postulate that there's no choice. Yes. And, um, and if there's, if there's continuity to it after this, when we come out of that, then that's incredible. If there isn't, that's also incredible. And so we just, we're here to help. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, uh, something we're committed to doing. We're committing, we're committed to supporting service transformation and that's the outcome we pursue. And so, and it's all types of businesses. Some it's not going to work. It's not going to be a good fit. Um, and, and some it's going to be a bizarrely appropriate match. And we people wouldn't have perceived it before until we sat down and had the conversation. Absolutely. But the, the encouragement is reach out, have a chat, no risk. Like it'll, if, if, if the worst case scenario, you'll walk away looking at your business slightly differently than you did before. hundred percent. That's our offer. I appreciate that. I will push this out to the world. We're going to get this out ASAP. I think it's a really, it's a really poignant message. And I, I just love how something was a, was a good idea two weeks ago and now a mandatory. So that's the reality of the world we're living in. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Guillermo. 